Welcome to the Max Velocity Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Fisher, and this is the Jump In It Podcast. Uh, coaches, athletes, parents, therapists, administrators, instructors, newbies, supporters, or as I say, captains, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Um, today I'm going to talk about uh, one of my favorite things, or one of the uh, my favorite things people ask me. And I think um, it really talks about the transition from me as a, I guess, a beginning level coach, a new coach, uh, to a moderately successful coach, to a pretty successful coach. And I'll even give myself an expert now with all the coaching education and, you know, my ability, my fortunate uh, to coach so many Olympic medalists and world champions and so forth like that. So, um, I just want to give a little insight and talk about uh, things that I find and see that a lot of people will ask me about. And so I think the first thing that I can say is I'm going to share a funny kind of story, won't call any names out, and I'll get it back to kind of the point I'm trying to make. And so I was at the beach with a good uh, friend who's also a coach, and he had his sunglasses on. And I told him, you know, hey, those are some nice sunglasses. They're pretty expensive. Uh, you probably shouldn't wear your sunglasses in the ocean. And he said, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be all right. And uh, he goes out, plays, in, you know, we're out in the water, hanging out, you know, kind of riding waves, whatever. We come back, and he's like, I lost my sunglasses and it just tells the story of even as coaches, we can sit there and we can guide our athletes. We can guide other coaches. We can try to you know yell from the top of the mountaintop that, Hey, this is the experiences I've had. This is what's happened to me. And sometimes no matter what, it takes that experience for the athlete or the coach to really learn the lesson. And so I get all the time, what are some of the lessons you learned as a coach? And so I'm going to share those. And so the first lesson that I'll learn is, or I'll teach that I've learned, is that it is hard to be a coach. It is hard to be a coach at the collegiate level. It's hard to be a coach at the post-collegiate level. And it's so easy to be an arm chair quarterback and say, oh, I could do this with this person, or I could do that with that person. And it's hard. And once you're in the trenches, you'll know how hard it is. So as a young coach, I might have been disparaging to another coach, or I might have sat there and said, oh, man, that looks terrible. But I've learned that it's hard enough to coach my own athletes that I'm not one to judge another coach. Because that athlete may have grown so much under that tutelage. And what you're seeing is actually a huge progression from where they were to where they're at. And so don't be so quick to judge and don't be so quick that you think that you're a better coach than someone else. I've been very successful. There's probably a lot of people who think that I could, they could do a better job with my athletes than what I did. But I can sit there and live with the fact that I tried my hardest, I was dedicated, I did the best I could with my athletes, and hey, 
if I did truly feel that someone else could do a better job, then I'd tell my athlete, hey, maybe you should go work with so-and-so. I'm at that point in my career. I guess that's the maturity of coaching for so many years. Um, the second point I would make is that I think coaches need to do a better job of understanding periodization, um, understanding sequencing. Uh, there's plenty of coaches who just are like, okay, I'm going to, they have great ideas. They have great concepts. They have great, uh, drills, but they just get their athletes stronger, faster, try to give them too much too soon. And you see these athletes achieve some good, good things. Um, been able to have some successes, but lack medals or lack uh, the athlete performing at when they need to perform. And I think, you know, I'm always evolving. I'm always listening to other coaches. I'm always like looking for better ways to do things, but I try to do it so that my athletes are ready when it matters most. And so the best thing we could do, people will ask, coach, well, how do you feel about so-and-so at this? And the best feeling as a coach is going into an Olympic trials or an Olympic games or a world championship or world trials and just being like, you know what? I did everything I could. I gave the athlete the tools to be successful. They still have to achieve. And anything could happen. It could literally be walking off the bus, uh, getting ready to warm up for the Olympic final and they could step wrong and sprain their ankle. Those are things you just can't control. But as a coach, the things you can control, uh, you try to do the best job that you can to get that athlete ready for the competition um, season, whatever it may be. So my big thing is, like I said earlier in another podcast, was giving the athlete the tools so that they can achieve success and be able to handle the demands of their event or their sport. And if you can do that as a coach, you're leading them in the right direction. Uh, another kind of uh, word of wisdom or whatever you want to call it thing I've learned over the years is don't poo-poo a concept. I, I just like when athlete, when coaches and athletes live in absolutes, you're absolutely going to fail. And I, I kind of try to stay off and not talk about things like this, but it's just coaches like the toe drag in the sprint. That's a huge one. You can't sit there and, and just completely destroy that concept or that idea. That idea or that concept was taught so that a certain athlete, a high achieving athlete can achieve that. You don't have to sit there and say that's the only way it needs to be done, but that's a teaching tool that should be in your toolbox in case an athlete doesn't conceptually get what you're trying to teach them. You're trying to teach a low heel through the acceleration. If, if t telling them to keep their toe down and scrape it for the first part of that allows them to be successful, then allow, then use the tool. You don't have to use it, but you don't have to sit there and say, Oh, that's a terrible concept. I hear some people use it, talk about the triphasic and say it's terrible. Oh, I would never do that. Triphasic can be a very beneficial thing 
at a pro- point in an, in an athlete's preparation that can be beneficial using that eccentric, using that elastic energy, using that reaction, using that plyometric, that can be beneficial. I just think coaches, we are so quick to sit there and just conceptually just, and I say it again, and, and I'll, I laugh, but poo-poo in a whole idea and sit there and think that it's a terrible concept. And that's not it. I may have a cue that I give an athlete that is a terrible biomechanical concept. But because that athlete can use that cue to execute, that's the point of what a cue is for. And so these coaches who just sit there and say, oh, it's a terrible concept and they write this whole thing and they're absolute and they're not going to use it. Those aren't good coaches to me at all because they're not open to the fact that there might be an athlete that needs to do it. Use them in the realm of what you need as a coach to achieve what you need to achieve. So one cue may not be right for a whole group, but there may be one athlete that that cue will be beneficial for. And so that as coaches, we have to be open-minded. One of the great coaches I love to watch them, you know, and I'm not one of those people who gives props out. I just look at the success of the coaches. But I sit there in a very accomplished coach who has been very successful, has a lot of great uh, success. I watch Coach Holloway at Florida. He's got, you don't need to question his resume. And And I'm sitting there and I'm watching and he's got Grant Holloway using the start that was created by Tony Wells because he's ever trying to adapt and, and, and adapt his athletes. So he's not poo-pooing an idea. He's sitting there and he's using a concept and saying, hey, this is going to work potentially greater for my athlete. And that's why he's one of the greatest coaches in the world. And so I don't judge. I don't sit there and live in absolutes. And as coaches, you can't live in absolutes. Uh, one of the concepts that we talked about is that we like to use a flat foot when we're using when we're talking about the jumps. But if you sat there and you looked at it and you analyzed it from 300 frames per second, you would see that the heel touches ever so slightly before the foot foot is flat. And so, so to some athlete you may say, "You know what? You need to do a heel lead into into the takeoff." And that may work, but for a lot of athletes Telling them to do a heel lead may tell them to slam their heel down and cause a bruised heel. So you've got to know your athlete, know what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. And my last concept that I'll talk about is I use the word captains. And again, I use that concept. I explain kind of why I use it. But I also think that it explains a lot as coaches where kind of we are at and depending on what level we're at as coaches. So early on, we are the captains of the ship. I believe in high school and in college and even at youth, we have to be the captain. We have to have control over the whole vessel and the ship and everything else. But post-collegiately, I've learned that I'm not the captain anymore. Those great athletes that keep evolving, and I have athletes for 10, 12 years, if not more, you become more of the navigator the athletes, the captain of their ship. And so you're navigating them. You're navigating, you're making sure that they have the right fuel. 
and you get a team on to make sure that they have the right fuel. You're making sure that their whole, the strength of them is, is good. So you put, you get someone who's great at that and establishes that strength. Then you sit there and you establish and you, and you make sure that, uh, they're not running into icebergs, that they're navigating through the waters, that they are going to be prepared to make the voyage. And so I think that's how things change as we coach. And for you as a coach, if you're fortunate enough to take an athlete, maybe from high school or to college and even at the post-collegiate, your role changes. And yeah, sometimes it's humble pie. It's checking your ego at the door. Because as the athlete gets older, as they get more mature, they're going to want a little bit more autonomy. They're going to want a little bit more lead into that. Because if you're still using college or high school concepts on a post-collegiate athlete three or four years out of college, they're not going to have a lot of success. They need to be able to adapt, and you as a coach need to adapt to the success or to the tools that they're going to need to be successful at that level. So those are just a few things I wanted to talk about. Um, those are questions I get all the time, things you know, people ask me, people look into. And I appreciate you guys uh, tuning into this podcast. I look forward to talking about more concepts and questions that pe- uh, athletes and coaches and everyone else uh, have given me. And I look forward to seeing you in the near future.